You're listening to the weekly partial podcast with Ari Goldwag, recorded with Hashem's never-ending assistance in Ramah B'Shem and Shizra 5784, 2023. This week's partial is Yaakov Avinu leaves the land of Israel, goes to Charon, and there he meets his wives, Rachel and Leah, Bilha and Zilpah, and there he has the twelve tribes, Reuven, Shimon, Levi, Yehudi, Sachar, Zvul, and Dan, Naftali, Gad, Asher, Yosef, and Binyamin. Binyamin is born on the way back, actually in next week's parsha, and the entire Jewish people is formed in the house of Lavan, all the trials and tribulations, the challenges that he goes through. At the very beginning, when he first arrives in Charan, the Pasuk tells us, this is in chapter 29, Verse one. Vayisa Yaakov Raglov. Yaakov lifted up his feet. Vayelich Artsabinekeda. And he went to the land of the children of the east. Vayar. Vinebeer Basode. And he saw. He got there and he saw that there was a well. Vinebeer Basode. A well in a field. Vinesham Shlesha Edrich Sain. And there were three flocks of sheep that were surrounding it this particular uh, well was a place where all of the shepherds would bring their flocks and there was a huge rock on at the mouth of the well what would happen was that the shepherds would come with their flocks and then they would move, they would roll away the stone from from uh, protecting the well. And then they would all give water to their flocks. They would return the stone back onto its place. So the the pasuk gives us a very long uh, description of what Yaakov saw when he came there. It says how many flocks were there. It says how many. It says uh, the nature of this well and how and how it had a rock that protected it and covered it and and what it required to take off that rock. And the pasuk can go on to tell us. Yaakov Avinu has a discussion with the people. He says, do you know my my uncle, Lavan? And then Rachel comes with the sheep. Now, why is it that the Torah wants to tell us so much detail? So actually the Ramban quotes the Medrash that I would like to share with you, but I'm going to read the Medrash inside. The Medrash tells us a number of different things that that the different aspects of this description correspond to in Jewish history. Which is an important thing to understand. First of all, it's un- important to understand what is the central theme of the Medrash? What is it trying to teach us? What is the concept here? But it's also important to understand, first of all, that whenever the Torah says things that seem to be extra, unnecessary information... Torah is not a storybook. The Torah does not need to tell me so much, so many details. You know, when you tell a story, if you want to make the story seem more realistic, you tell more details. 
The Torah is not a storybook. So whenever the Torah tells me something, there is something for me to learn from it. Okay, so if the Torah is telling me about the number of flocks, there were three flocks, and if there was a stone, and there was a... Uh, all this information is important for me to be able to darshan. That's how the Medrash approaches these kinds of psukim. So we're going to see that there's a tremendous amount to learn from it. But it's also important to understand the approach of our Chazal. Our sages understand that in this moment, it's a foundational moment, right? Yaakov Avinu is about to meet Le- to, to meet Rachel. He's about to end up marrying Rachel and Leah. He's about to spend the next 14 years working in order to be able to marry them. And then working another six years in order to to have uh, the sheep, etc., to have his, to be able to support his family. But this is the foundation, this is the beginning, this is like the the conception of the Jewish people. It's the conception of Yaakov and his family. So, in this description, in this description, naturally, there should be a foundational concept that's being taught about the Jewish people and as we'll see about our relationship with Hashem about our relationship with God says the Medrash he saw and behold there was a well in the field Rabbi Chama Bar Chanina Posar Beishis Shitin Rabbi Chama explained here six sheeting, six levels. I'm not sure if Lashon Sheet or six different ways of understanding it. Six different ways of understanding. We'll see a number of different ways of understanding, and they're really parallel. Okay? Vinei Be'er Basada Zoha Be'er. The first understanding here is that when it refers to the well that he came to when he got to Haran, as he was about to meet Rachel, it is a hinted reference to a later well. There will be a well that would accompany the Jewish people throughout their journeys in the Midbar, in the wilderness. That was already being hinted to. And let's be clear, what is that well? That well was a miraculous well that traveled with them and it provided sustenance, it provided life, it provided water for the Jewish people. In it says that there were three there were three um flocks of sheep, Miriam. To what do these correspond? The leaders of the Jewish people. There was physical sustenance was the well, and there was spiritual sustenance, spiritual guidance, which was Moshe and Aaron and Miriam, the Geula team, as I like to say. And the Pesach says, in regards to Yaakov, from that, from that well, they would give water to the flocks. That from there, 
in a parallel way, when the Jews were in the wilderness, so they would take from the water, who would take? Each of the different Nesim, the different leaders of the tribes, they would draw water from the well towards their tribe. And I would add, it doesn't, it's not clear exactly that this going on this as well, but I believe it is. They, the, the leaders of the tribes would also draw guidance from Moshe, Aaron, and Miriam for each of their tribes. Not just that, the digloi will the shift would separate down uh, in in gradations. First to the there were four flags, there were four groups, one in each direction. Then there were three shvatim in each flag group, and then there were families. There were families that made up the 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 shvatim, the tribes. So everything would be drawn to each one separately, individually. We said that there was a great rock on the mouth of the well. It had, it had the, it had a very small. What does this mean? One second. The the it was very small. It's not clear to me exactly what this is saying. Uh, it means that there was at the at the top of the well there was it, it came to a point and there was a rock that closed the point. Okay, it's not clear to me what the what what it's coming to teach me. And they would all come together and they would and they would the the flocks would come and they would roll away the the they would roll away the rock at the time when they were encamped. It would go back to its normal state. At when they would be traveling, the Isaiah says, "The well would be covered up, and it would go with them when they would travel." So it had these two different. Functions or or ways of being, just like the the well that Yaakov found had a state of being where there was a rock blocking it, and there was a time when you would move away the rock. So too, when the Jewish people was traveling, the 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 rock, as it were, covered the the well, and they would travel with them. And excuse me for the phone ringing. And when it so it would travel with them. It would be like when it was closed. And when they were in, when they were in one place, it would be uncovered. Okay, so that's that's the understanding. So in the first understanding, we have the the 
the experience of Yaakov Avinu at the foundation of Klal represents the fact that the Jewish people receive sustenance, physical sustenance, and also spiritual guidance from their leaders. And I would say, if we think about it, Yaakov Avinu is traveling on his own. He doesn't know where the future is going to bring him. But he knows that he is the beginning of the Jewish people. He knows that he's the son of Yitzchak, the grandson of Avraham. And he knows he has the blessings. And he knows that he is the beginning of the Jewish people. And therefore, and therefore he knows he has this guidance. He has this spiritual sustenance and physical sustenance. This is, this is what he was promised by Hashem. Alright, let's see the next idea. Another explanation is, there was a, a well in the field. This is a reference to Tzion, to Jerusalem, to the Habayis, to Beis Hamikdash, to the Holy Temple. Because it's referred to as a field. Hinted to in the very beginning of the Jewish people at Yaakov Avinu's entrance into Haran, interestingly, is something that has to do with the base Hamikdash, the Holy Temple, which is really the life force of the Jewish people. It's the place where the Jewish people receive, as we're about to see, Ruach HaKadosh, divine influence, divine inspiration. They hear God's voice. That's the place where they hear God's voice, where we will hear soon. So the Be'er Basada, where's the well? And again, the well represents us having spiritual or physical sustenance here. It's referring to Jerusalem, which is the place where we draw water. What's this water? These three flocks refer to the three festivals, right? Each and every year, the Jewish people would make sure there was an obligation, there is an obligation, to come to Jerusalem, to connect to Beis HaMikdash, to connect to the Temple, to go on to Arabais, to go on to the Holy Mountain, to be seen in front of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to bring karbanais, to bring sacrifices, and what happens when when we are we when we're there? From that well, from the base Hamikdash, they will be they will get water. Says the Medrash. From there, from the base Hamikdash, it's a famous statement in the Gemara and Sukkah that from there they will be Shayev Ruach They would draw. And we think of drawing as referring to drawing water. And we have a Simchas Beis HaShayeva. There was a water drawing ceremony. They would draw water, then they would pour the special water libations on the Mizbeach, on the altar, during Sukkot, every single year, in the Beis HaMikdash. And they had a Simchas Beis HaShayeva, a, a water drawing party. In the base Hamikdash, but it wasn't just that they were drawing water; they were drawing. It was representative, and in fact, it happened concurrently. 
They were drawing divine inspiration. Many prophets received their first prophecy at that time in the Beis Hamikdash on Sukkot during Simchas Beis Hashoeva. The big rock, the great rock, is the Simchas Beis Hashoeva. The rejoicing over the water drawing, or really over the drawing of Ruach Hakodesh of divine inspiration. doesn't just mean to draw, like we said, to draw water. It also means to draw divine inspiration down. Very interesting. There was a set time. The Jewish people had a relationship with God. They would come to be seen. They would come visit their father, their father in heaven. They would come to God's house. They would come to their father's house, to the Beis HaMikdash, the Holy Temple. And there, they would have an awesome inspiration. Once a year, one out of the three regalim, there would be a chance for everyone to have Ruach HaKadosh, to have divine inspiration. Pasuk says that when Mashiach comes, when the Messianic age arrives, Hashem will pour out His divine inspiration on all flesh. But this was something that happened in the times of the Beis HaMikdash as well. Every Sukkot, you would come, and you'll be blown away by a spiritual experience, by an open revelation of Hashem's, of Hashem's love, kindness, will. But just like this rock, where they would take off the rock and they would get the get the sustenance for their flocks, and then they would put the rock back until the next time. So too it was. The measure says when it came to the Simchas Beis HaShoeva. They would get this divine inspiration once a year. And they would have to last them throughout the year until the next the next Sukkot. And then, in the meantime, they would put the rock back on, so to speak. The wine, the, the water libations would stop, and then it would return again the following Sukkot. The Medrash goes on to say, that there's another parallel to the to the best in, in the Beis HaMikdash, the high court that was in the temple, and a few other examples it gives. But I'd like to skip to the last example, Dabar Acher Vayar. It also mentions the the Goliaths, the different the different Exiles that the Jewish people will have to go through. But the last point here feels to me the most um, the most relevant. I'm sorry, let me read it from the beginning. Okay, we saw it's based on Migdash. We saw it's Yushalayim. We saw it's the experience of the Jewish people in the Midbar. And the last shot is that it's it's us. It's talking to us. We who have a shul, we have a Beis HaKnesses. That's the, that's the well in the field. 
It's the shul. The three flocks who are coming to drink from the waters, those are the three people who are called up to the Torah to read from the Torah. In this way we hear the Torah. We draw water. One way is through divine inspiration. That's in the times of the temple. One way is the water that they had in the leadership of Amosha and Aaron. That's in the times of the wilderness. But today, how do we draw? How do we draw inspiration? How do we get that life-giving water? That Yaakov Avinu established, there's a be'er, there's a well. The Jewish people will always have with them. It's by going to the Beis HaMedrash. It's by going to the shul. It's by going to the synagogue. It's by opening up the Torah and reading from the Torah and trying to understand what is God's will. Having Gedalus the Sahara says the Medrash beautifully, there's a great rock which blocks us from receiving and from hearing what the Torah has to say. It's called the Sahara, the evil inclination. Says the Medrash an amazing thing. How do we roll away the Yetzirah? How do we roll away the rock which blocks our hearts from hearing the Torah? The answer is, where do we read the Torah? Where do we have these three people who are called up to read so we can really hear the Torah? It's in a, it's in a, a shul, in a synagogue with a congregation. When we have a large group of people who come together to serve God together, the Galu Evan, the large group of people together can roll away the rock, because that's how we can we can roll away the rock. The Yitzhara is together. But it's a process. Because it says that they would roll the rock back on. What does that mean? It means, according to the this point in the Medrash, that when we leave the shul, when we leave the safety net of being together with others, from being part of our community, we return to our individual life, which we have to have a back and forth. But we lose the safety of being part of a tzibur. We lose the safety of being part of the congregation. So we need to go back to shul. We need to go in and out. We need to roll that rock off so that we can hear the Torah, so we can hear God's will, so that we can draw inspiration from that which the Torah says. And I want to say, I want to point out that, that the Medjish is teaching us that there's something that happens at the beginning of the Jewish people that stands with us throughout time, that applies to us as the Jewish people, no matter what situation we are in, no matter where we found ourselves throughout history, whether we're in the wilderness, whether we're in Beis Hamidrash, in, in the, the land of Israel as it's supposed to be, whether we're in Goliath, whether we're, we're in exile, whether all we have is a, is a synagogue that's our only place of refuge. 
No matter what, there is a place of refuge. There is a well. There is a source for life that we can access, that Hashem made available for us at the very onset, the very beginning of the Jewish people's existence, coming into existence. It's there, it was there, it is there, it's always there. Our relationship and access to Hashem is always available. All we need to do is roll off the stone. And it, and it means being part of our congregation, being part of our tzibur, being part of the Jewish people, being part of those who seek to listen and to hear what the Torah has to say. Because that is the only way that we can fight the Yitzhah the evil inclination, the rock that sits on our hearts and prevents us from having that spirituality. I want to bless you and I ask you to bless me. Hashem should help us. That we should be able to indeed roll off the rock from our hearts, join with others, merit to have the divine inspiration that we seek, and merit to draw waters from the Be'er HaChaim, from the well of eternal life. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful Shabbos. This podcast was made possible through the gracious donations of listeners like you. For more podcasts like this, please visit www.arigoldwag.com or search on iTunes, Ari Goldwag.